It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is BGN Radio. Welcome to This Week in Fantasy. Don't just think about a fantasy tonight. <clears throat> no, um... Oh, yeah, sure, yeah. I'll take Toby Gerhardt for Matt Forte, you son of a... That's more like it. <laughs> it's This Week in Fantasy. fantasy. With Tony Casali from FFToolbox.com. James Seltzer from rotowire.com and your host. This guy sucks. John Barchard. It's time. It is this week in Fantasy Twiff heading into week three of the 2015 NFL season. We are recording here on a Friday, Friday, September 25th, which is my birthday. So a little, little birthday pod here. Always fun. And, uh, Actually, Friday, I said, correct. I'm already messing this up. I'm screwing this up. Let's say <laughs> hi to my co-host, Mr. Tony Casali. Tone, what's going on, Tony, of course, from FF Toolbox and uh, just general awesome guy. How are you, Tone? It's a true story. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, happy to be uh, talking to you on your birthday, that you take your time out to spend your birthday with me. I yeah. think it was. I think that's all I lot. wanted, really, you know? Yeah. It was like of all the nice. presents I could have gotten, this, this was it. It's a it's a good feeling. It's a good feeling to be a part of this. Uh, you know, and here on Friday, uh, just got to enjoy. I say that sort of loosely. Thursday night football last night. Well, well, that's uh, a good point. Let's, so much let's fun jump stuff. into that real quick before we kind of get into week three. What what were some things that stood out to you? Giants obviously beat Washington pretty handily. Uh, easy win. Redskins made it a little closer at the end, but. An easy win for New York. Anything from a fantasy perspective really stand out to you last night, Tony? Yeah, a couple of things. I, I am one of those, and and I still stand by it, but I'm one of those guys who went out and spent a bunch of uh, free agent blind bidding money on Matt Jones. Uh, I still think he's an excellent player, but if you started him this week... You have hurt feelings this morning, you know, and it once again goes to the to the old thing of, uh, you know, starting people on Thursday night. I started him in one league, didn't start him in two. So just to wait and see how he did. Obviously, he had that blistering performance last weekend, uh, but coming into the Thursday night game looked 
pretty good until that goal line fumble uh, that uh, ended up being a touchback. So it was a fumble for a loss, relegated to one fantasy point in a lot of leagues. And then uh, uh, Chris Thompson comes in and gets a touchdown later, apparently with a benching of Matt Jones. So, yeah, uh, if you were one of those who put money on him and or, or used your waiver wire priority for him, uh, I still say you're in good shape. I think he's a really, really good long-term prospect. But if you had him started in the Thursday night game, then then you're not feeling good. Same with Shane Vereen. Uh, if you had some injury concerns and you were hoping that he would repeat his, you know, uh, seven-catch performance uh, from a week ago, uh, he had no receptions on the night three targets zero receptions uh you know 20 some yards uh, uh that uh, powered him to two fantasy points in most leagues so once again thursday night very tricky time to be starting your players odell beckham looked good uh and so did ruben randall uh got out of the box while victor cruz is still hurt um but thursday night you know we've said it before <laughs> start the defenses and that's about it yeah, Thursday nights are tough. You never know what kind of game it's going to be. Sometimes it feels like the offenses just run roughshod all over the defenses. More times than not, it feels like it's an ugly game with turnovers and, and bad play. And I think uh, last night wasn't necessarily ugly, but it certainly was not fun football. It was one of those games that just kept going and going and going. And at no point was it very compelling uh, but, uh, yeah, I think the things that really jumped out to me, Ruben Randall, um, the Giants have been talking about wanting to get him more involved. Obviously, uh, the seven catches, more targets. I believe he had – oh, no, he's seven for seven, actually. So you like that. Caught all of his targets. 116 yards, had that long touchdown at the end, which I'm sure Eli owners were ecstatic about as you're sitting there with a very marginal day for Eli and then that 40 yarder to Randall went and I feel like that was a tipped pass too yeah, it wasn't it even was, like a was, really I don't feel like it yeah. was it was yeah. like in and out of like the uh, defenders I think it was Brashad Breeland had his hands on it and so did Randall and it kind of just popped up in the air as Breeland kind of fell over trying to make the play and it just popped right back to Ruben Randall just waltzed into the end zone for a touchdown so you know, that's fantasy, right, Tone? You know, sometimes you need those breaks. But um, I'm sure it was nice for Eli owners. Speaking of Matt Jones, I think that's a really interesting story moving forward because Alfred Morris only had six carries. At least through the first two weeks of the season, last week you thought Matt Jones was going to be a part of this offense by how good he looked. But you didn't think that Alfred Morris would just kind of fade into the background. I don't know if that's going to happen moving forward, or if that was just a game flow type of thing. They yeah, only it was, ran it was a pretty times. quick. Yeah, it was a pretty quick lead that uh, uh, you know New York opened and, up and on. New York it. had the ball for a, a long majority of the game as well. So yeah, either way, it is interesting to see that how much of a role Jones has. And the one other guy you didn't mention, uh, if he can stay healthy, Jordan Reed is a top ten tight end. He just is. I mean, really this guy is, yeah. yeah, he's clearly going to be a major part of that offense. Nine targets, caught six for 96 last night. And I think him and Cousins have something going. I think there's a, a connection there. So that would be uh, the other thing that stood out to me. All right, Tone, let's uh, let's get into what everyone cares about right now. Let's let's look at the week three. Let's, let's talk about what's still to come. And before we get into some specific matchups this weekend – 
I wanted to just touch base on a couple of guys who are struggling right now and maybe a, even a couple offenses. Let's start, before I get into the specific guys, how big of a, of a preach-patience guy are you with fantasy football? How long do you wait? How long do you give guys to kind of figure it out? And at what point do you start to worry? You hate to say that you do it on a case-by-case basis because it seems like a cop-out, but to a great degree, you really have to. I mean, some of these guys, they just, you know, we talk about the eye test. If you're watching these games and, you you know, you know, and we're going to talk about individuals, um, but say you've got a first-round pick and, you know, you just see them not getting the carries and then you hear the, you know, the rumor mill going about people getting benched or splitting time. You know, I'll panic pretty quick. It gets a little tough, though, when you're talking about such a high investment uh, in terms of taking them out of your lineup and then, you know, taking them off your, you know, out of your team altogether, right? Because there was a reason why they were early round picks, because they did something special in seasons past or in the preseason or in college. Uh, And so it makes it a little difficult because you know that they've got the potential to get back there and you don't want to pull the trigger too soon. That being said... You know, you can't wait around. It's a short season. There, you know, 13, 14 games of your regular season. If you're doing one of these, you know, really big leagues that they've got uh, all over online, fantasy, world championships, whatnot, you've only got like 11 weeks of the regular season before you go into the Roto-style championship. You don't really have a lot of time to sit around and wait for somebody to get it together. Tone, that's a great point, and I don't think people realize it enough. Is, is how crucial it is to win every single week. Uh, it's like the NFL, obviously, is every game matters something. Uh, but in fantasy, especially in fantasy football, you really need to be able to get that season-long mentality out of your head and really focus on winning each individual week. And like you said, I mean, once you get to 0-3 or 0-4, I mean... It's, again, like the NFL, the percentages are really bad for your chances to make the playoffs. So, while I'm I'm a big preach patience guy, we're going to get into some guys that, that I still believe in that other people might be freaking out about. But having said that and knowing you need to preach patience, whether it's at 0-2 or 0-3 or whatever it is, there is going to be a point where you have to make big moves and make changes quicker than you would think you would have to, especially if you play fantasy baseball or basketball or hockey or whatever it is. You got a lot more time to really get a feel for what your team is. In fantasy football, you have to be reactionary and you have to be able to be proactive. I know that sounds kind of like a conflict there, but the point is you you need to be a little bit ahead of the game and and maybe react to things a little bit quicker than you normally would. All right, let's actually focus on some specific guys here. And one guy who obviously dealing with a bit of an injury and I'm sure, you know, you took this guy in the second round, most cases, third round. And, and I think that's the other point too, is with these top tier guys who aren't performing, even, you know, it's easier when you get down the road, but when you're two weeks out from your draft or three weeks out and you're only a couple weeks into the season, it's really hard to get that first, second, third round label out of your head and to give up on that guy. But in some cases, you need to. So let's find out which cases. Mike Evans has been awful so far. Didn't play week one. 
Zero catches last week. I believe it was on three targets, but was more or less a decoy out there. Is this strictly an injury thing in your mind? And as soon as he's healthy, he's going to be Mike Evans? Or are you a little worried about this? No, I'm not too worried about Mike Evans. I'm, you know, I'm one of the people who has Mike Evans uh, in, in a league or two. And while I was, you know, you know, infuriated to watch him, you know, not have any catches in that first week back. I don't think that that's going to be a problem going forward. Uh, I would, you know, however, have I would, you know, use caution in starting him uh, this week. I would wait until he actually, you know, has a good performance before I put him in the lineup, considering that he was used primarily as a decoy last week. He still does have a rookie quarterback who's going to have his growing pains. Uh, but I do think that as the season goes on, they're going to throw the ball a lot. And I think he's going to be a big part of that offense. Uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, this weekend, I would I would probably hang back unless you really don't have any other options. Just wait and see how they're going to use him. Wait and see if that injury is, you know, uh, all healed up and that he's as ready to go as he claims he is. Uh, because there's another goose egg on the board, and, you know, you're going to be in big trouble. I, I, I would say that, you know, now might be a really nice time to, to buy low from somebody who really has hurt feelings from that big zero last week. Yeah, I'm with you. If you can get Evans, do it now, because there are not going to be many more weeks like that. I think Winston is a better quarterback than he played mm-hmm. with last year, I think already. So I, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for him. Obviously a big red zone threat. Austin Sperian Jenkins out four to six weeks. That's a, a one other red zone threat taken away from the Bucks. So uh, I'm with you. I think Evans will be fine. Let's segue over to the running back position where we've actually seen a lot of really disappointing players through the first two weeks. And, and in my mind, none more disappointing than C.J. Anderson. I, I thought this guy was a, a top five, top six type guy. I know you were high on him as well. Um, just a, a great running back. The vision, the, the cutting ability. He just looked like he had it. And that, that offense in general obviously has not been very good. But that running game has been atrocious. And, and we mentioned it last week. Ronnie Hillman's stealing some carries. Where do you stand on CJ right now? Yeah, I sort of stand with, you know, bated breath with CJ. I just, you know... It, you, you do worry. This is one of the guys that I am worried about. You, you know, uh, sort of the opposite situation is Mike Evans. I really don't know what to expect from him. And, you know, and this is a you know really big surprise. You know, we talk about Gary Kubiak and the zone blocking scheme and the ability to, you know, perfect fit for this kind of thing. But what happened is uh, apparently the offensive line isn't playing up to snuff. They're, they're keying in on him. And I guess, uh, you know, early on it looks like the defenses are – bizarrely enough to say it, making Peyton beat him with his arm. You know, they're, they're, they're backing off, you know, double coverage and they are just stopping that run. They're just taking that out of their game. And with that offensive line struggling, I am worried about CJ Anderson. Uh, you know, it, it sort of looks like this week will be another prove it week. Uh, and if he can get out there and, and, and do some damage, then, you know, maybe everything will turn around. Uh, but if it doesn't, you know, you could expect a committee the rest of the year. Yeah, I'm, I'm terrified. It's funny, too, because I, I hyped him up a lot. I'll take my lumps there. I thought C.J. Anderson was going to be really good for all the reasons you just mentioned. And uh, I didn't end up with him on any teams. Even though I hyped him <laughs> up like crazy. 
So uh, one of those situations where it's not affecting me that much, but I still feel bad for all the calls I made. But um, before uh, we get into a couple team situations, one more you know, top three round running back who just has, has looked awful. And the t- the offense in general not look very good, but especially the running game. Uh, now he's nicked up, may not even play this week. Uh, where do you stand on Lamar Miller? Because I'm, I'm a little nervous there too, Tony. Yeah, I, I'm nervous on uh, Lamar Miller too. I, I think part of the, you know, there is, you know, uh, you know, rookies behind him. There's people who are ready to go ahead and, and, and take over that role. He hasn't been, well, he has been a bit terrible. Uh, last week in particular, 14, you know, yards on, on 10 attempts is not going to, not going to make anybody good. feel good. You know, and we were pretty high on him. I, I do remember us having a little fun with USA Today who had him ranked as the fourth best running back in football yeah, fantasy wise. We, we did not have so him there. That's we were not, <laughs> we were not quite. We might have called those the worst rankings in the history of rankings. Yeah, I, I guess you'd, sometimes you just want to stand out, right? So yeah, so they wanted to stand yeah. out. Uh, and, and just a, a hot take, as John would say. Yeah, uh, what he, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm a little worried about Lamar Miller and that, that offense. Uh, you know, Washington, you expected their defensive line to actually play pretty good and, and give them a little trouble. Jacksonville, you really thought that Lamar Miller would be able to shine and do some damage. Uh, they're going to have a tough test, uh, you know, Buffalo and uh, and the Jets coming up, and obviously they're going to play those guys twice each, and it's not going to be particularly easy for them. Uh, it won't really loosen up for them until after the bye week when they get Tennessee and then Houston where he might be able to really get something going. I don't know how serious his ankle injury is, but there's a chance he's going to lose some touches because of it. Uh, I, you know, you just got to keep an eye on this guy. I think he's still, I think he's still an RB two. I still think he's got a lot of potential considering what he did last year. But you know, obviously, right now the arrow is pointing down. We're on the exact same page here, Tony. I look, you can't bail on the guy. <laughs> you just can't yet, but. I'd be picking up Damian Williams if I'm a Lamar Miller owner. And I don't even like Damian Williams that much, but the the ankle worries me, just the lack of production, the lack of push from that offensive line. Brendan Albert clearly not back to full strength, still recovering from that torn ACL last year. It, it just, the offense is not hummed. It has not looked good so far. Obviously, Tannehill to Jarvis Landry, that's pretty much all they got right now. Uh, Rashard Matthews had a nice game. But, yeah, I, I'm i nervous about Miller. I would own Williams if I'm a Miller owner. I think Miller will turn it around. I think he'll be better. But, like you said, I don't think he's even close to that RB1 consideration anymore. He's, he's squarely in the back end of that RB2 convo for me right now. Uh, all right, Tone, a uh, couple team situations I want to get into, and then we'll look at a couple specific matchups for Week 3. And let's start down in New Orleans. Let's start with the high-powered Saints offense that has been anything but so far this season. Uh, Had an outstanding matchup with the Tampa Bay Bucks defense that allowed 42 points to the Tennessee Titans. And yet the Saints are sitting at 0-2 and we're not able to get a lick of offense going. Where do you stand on the Saints on a macro level offensively? Obviously, Drew Brees... The rotator cuff injury looks like he'll play through it, but obviously not the best thing. And then more so, the guy, the guys I'm really worried about, like Brandon Cooks. I love this guy coming in the season, has done zip 
through the first two weeks. Mark Ingram, you know, has, has gotten into the end zone, but has not gotten anything going on the ground whatsoever in either game behind a good offensive line. Where do you stand on the Saints? Who worries you? Who doesn't? Yeah, you know, right now, obviously, it depends a little bit on Drew Brees' health, right? Now he's got that, that you know, the rotator cuff. If he doesn't go, we're going to see two McCown brothers starting in the NFL this weekend. Oh, God. I thought, God bless I, him. I, God bless yeah. him. Ah, God. I, I don't even – I'm speechless. I'm speechless. It is the state of the NFL. And, you know, Drew Brees just has not looked like himself. It could be age, you know, creeping up. He might not have the team around him that they thought he did. Uh, and Mark Ingram actually, strangely enough, doesn't worry me that much. You'd think he would. I like that he has become the recipient a lot of a lot of these passing down uh, uh, touches where he's in there. He's got 11 receptions on the year. I really thought that Kyrie Robinson was going to take a lot more of those. Um, I am a little bit worried about his, you know, yards per rush average. He's not looking real good. He's got 77 rushing yards on the year. Um, and a lot of that just has to do with this offense and the way it's being run right now as a whole. Uh, but I'm not particularly worried about Mark Ingram. If you got him in the, uh, you know, the third round, I would still feel okay about having him in there every week because I think he will produce. Um, Brandon Coleman is a little bright spot. We weren't really, you know, didn't necessarily expect him to, to play as well as he did, although he might be a little bit of a boom and bust guy. Cooks, though. Cooks is a tough one because that's the one where you spent, you know, you spent on him. He was the guy, he was flying up draft boards the last two weeks of the preseason. You saw him go from a sort of a, a mid-round guy to, you know, to maybe, you know, wide receiver 12, wide receiver 13 on a lot of people's boards. And he got drafted pretty high. I mean, he was at the, he was probably at the peak of his, uh, you know, fantasy value as all the drafts were happening in those last 10 days before the season started. So if you have him on your team, you probably spent a lot on him. So you have to wait on him. You just do. Uh, obviously now Drew Brees being questionable, uh, Brandon Cooks is, you know, a little nicked up himself. You know, he's listed as questionable right now. Um, even if both of them play, they've got a tough matchup with Carolina. So, uh, you know, I think he's got to be in your starting lineup, but you know, if they can't get it together, if they couldn't, you know, if they couldn't do anything to Tampa Bay, you're going to wonder what they can do to Carolina. Yeah, man, I, I'm I'm down on this Saints offense right now. I, I agree with you. The one guy I feel good about, or at least good enough about, is Mark Ingram. I, I feel fine putting him into my lineup, but I did spend on Brandon Cooks in an auction league, and it has been a very disappointing ride so far through two weeks. But but like you said, not ready to give up yet. Still a ton of talent. I think that offense has to get better. I just don't think we're ever going to talk about that Saints offense the way we used to. I think I think we're seeing the beginning of the end for Drew Brees and the high-powered Saints offense. Uh, all right, last team that I wanted to mention, and obviously one that uh, uh, is near and dear to my heart, Tony, it, it being my birthday, if I could ask for one thing, how about a friggin' win, Eagles? That would be sweet. But, Tone, let, let, I mean, look, I think yeah. that's the... Uh, Look, the biggest story in the offseason has turned into the biggest story in the season for the first two weeks for all the wrong reasons. Just a uh, atrocious, disastrous 
start to the season. Six of their eight quarters on offense have been as bad as I remember an Eagles football team looking offensively, especially considering the talent on the field. Tom, where I mean, where do you stand here, especially for the the Bradford owners? DeMarco Murray apparently sourced out he is going to play this weekend. Not a huge surprise there, but DeMarco Murray. Ryan Matthews was a, a chic kind of, you know, second running back to take in drafts. And then, of course, uh, you know, Jordan Matthews really seems like the only guy that you've been able to count on uh, of the guys you drafted highly. Uh, we can both agree I think Matthews will have value minus the drops or whatever. I, I don't think it who matters who plays quarterbacks there. That matchup in the slot, he'll put up points for you, especially in PPRs. But outside of J-Matt, where do you stand? Bradford, Murray, Matthews, the receivers, what, Ertz. I, what, is there fantasy goodness coming? Is this going to turn around? Or are you really kind of thinking the other way and looking to maybe move some guys? Yeah, you know, as an outsider, uh, <clears throat> Philadelphia outsider, that is, looking in, uh, watching these games, I remember the first quarter that, you know, uh, in that first game against Dallas, and I remember texting you guys about how sort of excited I am. I mean, sort of that quick pace offense, things were, you know, starting to, you know, right off the bat, I'm like, this looks like the real thing. You ended up losing that game, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a blowout. The team actually looked pretty good. You're like, ah, well... It was a good team playing a pretty good team, and, and you know that happens. Last week is where it started to fall apart. Uh, you know, and even even uh, Jordan Matthews. You know, I, I'm looking. I don't own him on a team. I've got uh, got him, my wife's got him on a team, and I'm looking through her thing, and you know, through three quarters, he's blanked. He's got nothing. Yeah. You know, that was scary. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're popping back and forth through the games. You look, and in one drive, you went from nothing to you know 20 fantasy points. You're like, thank God. Yeah. You, you know, it just. You didn't know what was happening. It was like uh, that uh, Odell Beckham touchdown last night. Absolutely, absolutely. So you're like, okay, well, at least he's taking care of business. You know, I'm looking right now uh, as we're talking. I, I pulled up uh, uh, my my home league to see who's got who, and right now there's a big uh, uh, waiver wire uh, uh, designation next to Sam Bradford, right? So one of these guys that wow. was sort of. Another one that was flying up the draft boards in the last two weeks of the preseason, just like Brandon Cooks, another one with Sam Bradford, right? Everybody needed to have him on their, on their team. And he's looked he's looked terrible. You know, he, he just, it's just, something's not clicking. I'm not sure what it was. I, I do think he's a talented quarterback. Uh, but, the, you know, playing in the preseason is not playing in the regular season. And with four interceptions to two touchdowns right now, it does not look good. They do not have a good matchup this week going up against the Jets, who've played very well on defense so far. I think Zach Ertz uh, has some uh, value going forward for sure. Uh, you know, if you haven't watched the games and you're just looking at the numbers, you see 15 targets and six receptions, which makes me think uh, they're trying to force feed him the ball and it's just not working out, thrown into some tight coverage. Uh, but it's just not working out or he's not creating separation. So that's got me a little worried. I wouldn't have him in my starting lineup, that's for sure. I'd, I'd roster him, but uh, he's he's not going to even sniff my starting lineup against the Jets. Uh, DeMarco Murray, you know, I, I don't like him against the Jets again. I, I, I'm not a, I was not a huge fan of DeMarco Murray going into the season. Uh at least for where he's being drafted. I think he's very talented. I just don't know from where he was being drafted. I think you're, you know, 
some people were saying, well, maybe we'll just have the chance to start Ryan Matthews or maybe get some more value out of Darren Sproles this week. Now with DeMarco Murray, you know, going to play, but questionable, it makes him a tough start himself just because you don't know how much he's going to play, how much they're going to sub in these other guys. Uh, I think particularly this week, it's a dumpster fire. Going forward, I think they'll figure it out, and you'll, you'll, you'll probably see some really nice performances out of some of these guys, although... Again, I'm not huge on Sam Bradford. I, I would start DeMarco Murray after this week if he's healthy, but not, you know, he's not my number one guy. I uh, wouldn't be trading for him. Uh, Jordan Matthews, he's the guy who's in the lineup every week. Other than that, I haven't seen anything out of Nelson Aguilar yet. Uh, first week, he was blank. Second week, he's got a little something going on. Uh, but but you know, still the, you know, the rookie learning curve is still sort of working out. Um, he might be really good in the second half, but yeah, I'm with you. I think it's it's too early to jump on Aguilar. Tough matchup the first week against Desmond Trufant. I think he's like you said, still figuring it out. But uh, I'm with you. I'm I'm as of right now, I'm in a a bench and see type of mode. I don't think you're going to get much worthwhile value back for these guys. I think you just have to find someone else to put in your lineup, especially this week against the Jets. And uh, just hope that it turns around. Hope that the fact that you have two years of Chip Kelly's offenses working in the NFL as opposed to two weeks. And, and granted, a lot of different pieces there. But you have to assume that they'll be able to figure it out, at least to the point where they're not going to be a train wreck anymore. All right, Tone, let's get into it. Uh, before we get out of here, just a, a couple matchups this weekend I wanted to look at and just see if there's kind of anyone or anything jumping out to you just with a couple of the potential upside plays here looking at that Atlanta Dallas game first and foremost uh, Brandon Whedon I'm assuming not anywhere outside of two QB leagues are you even considering him uh, but how do you think it's going to affect the rest of the offense the healthy guys how much are you downgrading Terrence Williams Jason Witten and if Jason Witten doesn't play, how much you like Gavin Escobar? Uh, I do like Gavin Escobar a little bit, uh, but I think uh, the signs right now, even though he's got two sprained ankles and a, a sprained knee, uh, I think signs right now are pointing to Jason Witten playing. Oh, what a shocker. Uh, you mean the guy who would probably play with two broken legs and a broken Exactly, yeah. yeah he'll, he'll drag himself out there and he'll play, and he'll probably play well. I, I have no doubt that, uh, that Whedon will find Jason Witten. I would probably downgrade the guys on the outside a little bit, uh, despite Jerry Jones claiming that... Brandon Whedon throws the best-looking football he's ever seen in his life. Uh, I would still say that Darren Swain is probably going to have it. Yeah, he's there's no hyperbole at all in there. That was completely, uh, completely truthful and on the nose. Uh, he um, he's not a bad backup quarterback. He's you know he he should play fine. But you know sometimes you see those outside receivers losing a little bit of their value while tight ends and uh, receiving backs maybe pumping up their value a little bit. Uh, so I like those guys. Uh, but yeah, not not uh, not gonna uh, move on Escobar uh, until Jason Witten, you He's know, actually as officially out because he'll always play. I, I think Escobar, you know, can still have some value, uh, you know, even if Witten plays, but not not too much, not enough to not to not to have him in my starting roster. All right, I'm going to throw a few quick hitters at you, Tone. Uh, Indy at Tennessee. Does Andrew Luck bounce back this week? Uh, I say yes. I, I say agree. Yes, he does. I agree. Uh, I think I think we have a big luck for uh, a big luck or week for luck there. 
Uh, all right. Uh, New Orleans at Carolina. Uh, Cam Newton, one of my favorite quarterbacks this week. That New Orleans defense is a disaster, especially in the secondary. Uh, and it looks like Cam's running a little bit. What do you think about that call? Are you in on Cam this week? Absolutely. Absolutely. As a, as a, a long-term project uh, for the season, I've got him sort of on the back burner this week. Definitely in my starting lineup. Yeah, you got to like that. What was it? Nine carries for 77 yards and a touchdown last week. I think I think we talked about that in the preseason, how with, with no options, I think we talked about it when Benjamin went down, how if Cam can run and if that guy can find the end zone, you know, 10, eight to 10 times this season, he's going to find a way to be a top five, top seven fantasy quarterback again. Even without, only throwing 220 yeah, yards exactly. a game, it's so, fine, you know. It's it's crazy. You take the points any way you can get them, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, Tone, uh, two more I wanted to ask you a couple quick questions about. One is heading down to that Tampa Bay-Houston game. We will not see Arian Foster this week. Does Houston have enough firepower on offense? It looks like no DeAndre Hopkins, too. Is that whole Houston offense a stay away for you, or are you looking to play guys like Chris Polk or you know one of the receivers to step in and have a good game because it's such a nice matchup? It is a nice matchup. I'm a little worried about the running backs. It looks like Chris Polk is going to be getting the sort of the the majority of the touches there over Alfred Blue, who's sort of showing his you know true self. Uh, so I don't think I'm starting either of those guys. You might be able to start Polk in very deep leagues. Uh, the receivers I actually like a little bit. I think they're uh, the matchup's going to look good for. Uh, somebody like Cecil Shorts, I think you might be able to get some some value over there. Uh, you know, it, but it, it's it's going to be tough to find things for for their, uh, that offense going forward with Hopkins out. Uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be a slog for him. All right, Tony. Two quick last ones. First one that Sunday night game, Denver Detroit. I meant to ask you about that Detroit offense in general, but. Are you worried about Calvin Johnson and Matt Stafford? And either way, do you think it, they get it going this week? And and is it Abdullah as the guy you want in that backfield? I think probably is, but hard to tell off of last week's disaster performance. Yeah, last week was, you know, it was a Jekyll and Hyde from week one to week two. I do still like Abdullah. Uh, I think that the offense itself has some troubles. If they can't get Calvin Johnson going, if they can't get Golden Tate going, then they're going to just key in and, and, and wreck that, that backfield there. Joyke Bell hasn't really done anything to, to, to you know, put his foot down and say, I'm the starter here. Uh, Abdullah still looks like he's going to be the guy. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm still... I'm still starting Calvin Johnson, obviously. He's Calvin Johnson, right? So they've, they've got to find a way to, to get it together there. He's got to get more targets. He's got to get more opportunities uh, going forward. Otherwise, D- Detroit's finished. So so I think they know that, and I think he's going to see some, some looks this week. I actually think Calvin Johnson has a pretty good week. I do, too. I think that uh, you always see it with this Detroit team. If he's healthy... They know when Calvin's not getting the ball enough. They know when he's not involved. And that's when he comes out and has the eight catches, 210 yards, and three touchdown game. So 
I'm with you. I think a big, big week for Calvin. I, I like Eric Ebron in that matchup, too, because Denver's front seven is so strong and their secondary is so strong. But if there's anywhere there's a bit of a, a hole in that defense, I'd say it's in the, the coverage skills of those linebackers. So Ebron has been a, a nice play the first he's, two weeks. Yeah, and he was a, a big, targets, big pickup. Yeah, he was the 10th pick in the draft. You figure if if he's got talent, they're going to try and utilize it. So, uh, all right, Tony, last thing before we get out of here, if you are just looking at the board, is there there any player who kind of jumps out to you as a, as like I said with Cam Newton, as just a, a, you really like this guy a lot more than you normally would based on the matchup this week? Yeah, I would probably say based on the matchup this week, I would probably consider starting somebody like a Doug Baldwin who normally wouldn't crack my starting lineup. They're going against Chicago, who's just been atrocious on defense. Uh, they, they can't stop anybody right now. Uh, you know, you're already going to have Russell Wilson in because, you know, you drafted him as your as your QB1. Uh, I think he's going to have a nice week, but I would move somebody from the bench to my starting lineup. Uh, it would probably be Doug Baldwin. Uh, I have, a you know, just a, one of those feelings that he's going to uh, find himself with a touchdown this week in Chicago. I like that one. I'm going to go a little bit more uh, chalk, but uh, Latavius Murray heading into Cleveland. This Browns run defense might be the worst in the league. Uh, just got run all over on by both the Jets and Tennessee. Tennessee's offensive line, not very good. So uh, I think that that there is a lot of opportunity for uh, Latavius Murray this week. He's clearly the guy there. I mean, Halu wasn't even active week one. You know, active week two didn't really do anything. So you got to feel good about Murray as the bell cow there, and I think that's a great matchup. And and Tony on the way out, let's say welcome back to the top player in fantasy, Mister Levian Bell is back this week. So get get that guy back in your lineup. It'll be fun to watch him play, won't it, Tony? Oh, absolutely. I can't uh, wait to have him. It, it, not, but, you know, and you, you feel so good about his return after watching how well D'Angelo Williams played in his back. Uh, D'Angelo Williams looked like a young man again playing behind that line. Uh, and he's no Le'Veon Bell. Uh, not to sell him short, he did lead the league in rushing about five years ago, six years ago. Yeah, but, 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 man, Le'Veon yeah. Bell has you, all the sky is the limit yeah, for this guy. Yeah, no, I mean, it's – I we both, and then we argued with John about it, we both said even with the two-game suspension, even with the three-game suspension, Le'Veon was our top player in fantasy. And, and I feel – even more confident about that now, even not having seen him step on the field because that Pittsburgh offense is legit. I think it's the best offense in football this year. Uh, it's it's borderline unstoppable. I mean, when, when Ben is on and you put Levian back there and then Antonio Brown, the most uncoverable guy in football, and they're getting Martavis Bryant back in two weeks. Coming it's, back too. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's going to be gonna, a really yeah. impressive offense. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, agreed. So that'll do it. Take that info. Enjoy Levian this week. Uh, Levian had a nice daily play too. I think in, uh, I don't know in DraftKings, but in FanDuel, he's at 8,800. He is going to be over 9,000 for the rest of this season. So yeah, I think it's the, the matchup. It it's that front four in which, St. Louis. Which but they got run on last throw, week. Yeah, so. two weeks in a row. The, the Rams are giving up 153 yards per game on the ground through two games. So 
Let, let's not get carried away. Aaron Donald is amazing, and Robert Quinn can rush the passer, but guess what? They're not very good against the run. I, I like Le'Veon a lot this week. So, Tony, thank you so much, man. Thanks for talking to me on my birthday. That was pretty cool. Happy birthday, man. Right, and uh, good luck to everybody who's in their uh, their finals right now, their last two weeks of fantasy baseball oh, championships. I've got a couple I of those, a- so... Yeah, you're right. Good luck to everyone. I I'm in a I'm in a death match right now in my yeah, biggest money league. So uh, uh, hardcore finals death match against my nemesis. So trying to take it down, Tone. It'll be good. Good luck to everybody. Good luck to everybody this weekend. Hopefully we're talking next week after a big win and uh and we can start to to move into the thick of things here. Tone, again, thank you very much. For Tony Casali, I'm James Seltzer. Thank you for listening to This Week in Fantasy on BleedingGreenNation.com. There's a change of pace, a fantasy and taste.